Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. My name's Gordon Smart. And I'm Charlie Baker. And you're listening to the H&J Daily Podcast, which is the best bits from the show this Friday in April. Yeah, we had a chat, didn't we, Gordon? We did have a chat. We did. We had a big old chat about uh, goals that never were. Yes. Loads of texts and tweets came in. That was nice. Yeah, I was really proud of the Jeff Hurst one that's got me cancelled. Yeah, you were... Well, not for the first time, I'm <laughs> not sure. For the first time. Uh, we had a, a big wrestler come in, didn't we? We did, yeah. We had to do a left to right for the pictures, though, just so everybody <laughs> knew who Drew McIntyre was. Because, Charlie, you've been mistaken for him in the past, haven't happens, you? Happens, you know, people see these arms yep. and the long legs and they go, yeah. And, and as a comedian, you're also used to standing in front of a crowd of people and being shouted at. And being at. booed, yeah. Yes. And being booed. Thanks very much. You've seen my act. Mark Housley, the referee. Yes. On. And he did not pull a punch. He didn't. And you dressed in black today, just in, in his honour. <laughs> exactly. He, he didn't know back, did he? And I've got yellow and red cards in my pocket. <laughs> he, did. He, he got stuck in, didn't got he? Stuck in. John Moss indeed. got it tight from mm. him. And Andrew Cushion, a Geordie musician. Look him up. Andrew Cushion, C U S H I N, if you want to look him up. He came on to talk about Newcastle. Uh, he used to play in goals for the youth team and is now rising up the charts Proper with his musician, music. Yeah. Yeah, cracking lad. So have a little listen to that on the H&J Daily. Yes, here we go. A very good afternoon to you. It is Friday. I am Gordon Smart here with Charlie Baker standing in for H&J. It's been a lovely week. Thank you so much for your company. We can safely say that Facebook Live's been turned off. YouTube is no longer on. And these two horrible porridge goblins have arrived in the studio. <laughs> and I can tell you, right, for the benefit of those who can't see Charlie Baker, he's mm-hmm. wearing one of Wayne Mardell Hawaii Five O's shirts. Oh, okay. it's not bad, is it? A little bit, Miami of fr- Vice. bit of Friday magic for you, Gordon. It's a beautiful shirt, that. Che- cheer us up. Yeah, I've dressed Wake like... Wake us all up. Dressed like Ronnie Corbett, as I always do uh, on oh, Friday. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, a bit of Lyle and Scott. <laughs> lovely stuff, yes. Yeah, going to Muirfield later for a round. No, I'm not. Oh, OK. Charlie, it's great to see you. It's lovely to see you, Gordon. Can you how are you how are your legs this morning? Yeah, stiff. Stiff this morning. It's painful, stiff. Yeah. yeah. I felt my age when I woke up this morning. Well, 42 years old. We we played five aside last night and attempted. Five you are an excellent footballer, well, Gordon. Thank you, Charlie. An it's excellent very footballer. Really, really very good. Balance, poise, skills, anger. Bit of toughness in there, <laughs> some headers. <laughs> You know, a bit, a bit of aggro. I don't think it's a good sign having a header and five side. I know, yeah, it was, it was a bit too many. The guy looked terrified when he, I did it. Well, didn't when he? you did it, it's like he'd never seen a <laughs> header in his life. He actually said, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah." You know, and then that, it was very nice because we were playing with strangers. Well, we were playing with sort of um, some guys, John, John, and uh, um, Jamie, Jamie off the uh, of the production staff as well, and and they were excellent as well. Jamie was very very good. Yep. He like a. Judas Turncoat went on the other team 
Yeah, it's disappointing. Absolutely really very disappointing. disappointing. John Cadogan, our producer, scored four or five goals. He was like a bagsman. Yeah, a five. Five, five he's just been told he's five. But you, Gordon, you were running things at the back there. It was unbelievable. Some people say I was just trudging around, just looking at, looking my age. Charlie, well, I should feel like I should reciprocate after you've given me that. You, no, glue. don't. Don't, sure not, don't okay. speak about I mean, okay. I scored one volley. Let's We could talk about that, but let's not talk about it. My best bit was we were playing with the The rest were strangers, yep. sort of all in their 20s, young nice lads in all in their 20s and at one point we'd known them say five minutes and you yeah. went yeah, yes mate pass it pass it this century like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh great this is going to go off yeah. this is going to be absolutely brilliant that was a bit harsh wasn't it, it Gor- was a bit harsh. Gordon's playing to type <laughs> just move the ball at five sides you know but he, he turned up late as well he did turn up late yeah 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 Which, but it was good we, fun yeah it was good fun and there was a fella there wasn't he playing for the opposition yeah. he told us after the game that it was his first not only his first game in Britain it was yeah. his first day in Britain he'd arrived from Detroit yeah and he, he turned up for a game of five because he thought the best thing for jet lag would be a game of football yeah he landed that morning and the first thing he did in London the whole of London mm-hmm. to go and visit you know think of all the amazing things you've got to do in London yeah. first thing he did was go to a grotty little <laughs> five-a-side <laughs> pitch in South London yeah and play some five-a-side with us. And witness Charlie Baker. Yeah. Hoofing oh, the ball. Beautifully volleying it home. At, at great speed towards him. <laughs> Welcome to London, son. Which I thought was an odd thing to do. You thought was an odd thing to do it on was. landing. So that's one it of was. our text topics today. 81089. What's the oddest thing you've done on landing? What is the oddest thing you've done on landing, Charlie? Oh, well, I'm always... It's, I always find it when, annoying when you land and you don't get to just go straight to the hotel or straight yep. to wherever you're staying and they take you out on the, on a day trip that day. It's like, no, yeah. I don't want to go now. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, I, I did some gigs in Kazakhstan once and it's a, quite a long flight. We landed in Kazakhstan and I thought, oh, well, great, they'll just take us to the hotel and we'll all wake yeah. up in the morning and no, we got taken out for like, I think we ate horse meat yeah. And drank vodka. No club sandwich. No club sandwich. You didn't we, get the and it was band. like, uh, but after a couple of vodkas and a horse meat sandwich, yeah. I was like, well, great, we're in Kazakhstan. Yeah. When in Kazakhstan, as they say. It's good. I think I've just remembered the strangest thing I've done getting off a flight. Watch my wife giving birth. Got off a plane, yeah. straight to the hospital, pretty much. Oh, great. She wasn't <laughs> just in the... No, she wasn't in, in... EasyJet, no, yeah. <laughs> can, we have, um, can we have more legroom, please? <laughs> she wasn't just in Tyrac. <laughs> no, she wasn't, no. Sock shop. No, 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 no. That's the strangest. That's a good text idea. Yeah, actually. lovely. You're good at this, aren't you? Well, I try to be. Uh, 81089, let us know the oddest thing you did on landing. Sport-based, preferably. Yep. You know, I know people go on tours and things all the time, don't they? And yeah, like, golf tours and trips and, you know, but yeah. Oddest so, thing you did on landing. So after a game of football, Charlie, you did something that's very London. You went and hosted a gig, didn't you? Went and did a gig. I was Lovely like comparing gig. a gig. Lovely gig at the comedy store last night. Thank you very much. If you came down, that was very nice. A few people shouting, go get it. What were their names? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Uh, comedy store London, back there tonight and tomorrow night. If anyone Excellent. wants to come down and say hello, that would be lovely. Um, but I did catch up on the West Ham highlights as yes. well. Because I thought I wanted to watch that. So I watched that on my phone. That Jared Bowen overhead kick. Yeah. It was magical, wasn't it? Just think, he'll be thinking of that moment for the rest of his life. Think how much you've been thinking about the missed chances last night, Charlie. The goals that could have been... I can't been. remember any missed ones. 46, 47 passes. You're, <laughs> you're thinking about just thinking it over the keeper. Those, yeah. That was at a lower level. Imagine, he'll never, uh, ever, ever... Level. For, I don't think he'll ever forget that. Really, Jared Bowen. Uh, well, because, you know, our own Trevor Sinclair... 
Yes. If you meet the man... Never mentions it, does it? All, he ever want, all I ever want to talk to him about is yeah. that overhead kick. We all want to know about the overhead kick. I think he mentions it every Saturday, every game day, every time he's on yeah. in the mornings. And I thought, if Jared Bowen had scored that, because it was a beauty, wasn't it? It was Beautiful. an absolute peach. Just how high he managed to leap off the ground. I know. Well. It wasn't like the sort of John McGinn overhead kick, you might not remember, that he scored for Scotland, where he kind of sat down on his sizeable backside yeah. and dinked it into the back corner, but he, he really met it. There are he? overhead kicks and there are overhead kicks, kicks, and this is a very good one. Yeah. But it's one of the great non-goals. Yeah, it is. One, one of, of the great, great non-goals. non-goals. The other, another great non-goal is Frank Lampard v Germany that got ruled out. It crossed nah, the, I, I know you're not feeling, as, <laughs> feeling that... As much yeah. as me, yeah, Gordon. But still got battered that game, didn't you? We did. Did we? I think so. Get yeah. battered? Did we I get think... battered? What was the score in that game? I don't think what four two. Four two. That's 4-2. not battered, is it? Yep, <laughs> it is. Well, I was thinking. There's, well, listen. There was one the greatest goal that never was. Talk Sports very own Chris Iwalumo. Yeah, one of the most staggering. Misses. That was a miss, wasn't it? it? Was, yeah, but it should have been a significant goal for us to qualify for a World Cup, shouldn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So let's not talk about that one. But Chris is a, a big chap, He's and I've never brought it up with him when chap. I've met him. So uh, no, I haven't either. You know. I haven't either. So that's the other one we'll take today. Is the best goal that never was the goal that never was? You that's know, on job. the end of a on the end of five or six passes or whatever it was, a great free kick that. Struck the bar, hit the line, bounced out, hit the other post, and went somewhere else. Any of those. Yeah. 8 10 89 at TSH and J at Talksport. Give us a call if you want. 03717 And do you think, Charlie, as well, we could accept greatest goals that were never scored in your own five sides? Oh, we'll take those all yeah. day long. Five we'll sides. <laughs> Sunday leagues, you yeah, know. Exactly. Need a bit of proof, otherwise, we'll just make them up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Right, Charlie boy, you have come today. You look like you're dressed like uh, an off-duty wrestler. Okay, nice. Is that a promoter? Is that because we've got a very special guest today? Always, yeah. I'm trying to get the guns out, but now the actual guns have arrived. I'm slightly embarrassed. Right, we've got a wrestling <laughs> legend in the room, and I'm very proud to say that he's cut from the same cloth as me. He's a oh. Scotsman. He's an imposing figure. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say you're not cut from the same cloth. Well, I am going to say it, right? There's somewhere we're related down the line. <laughs> he is an absolute legend. He's Drew McIntyre. Welcome hey, to the Drew. Show, Drew. What's happening, lads? Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's good to see you, Drew. Welcome back to home turf, almost home turf. 
It's amazing to be back. To be back in UK soil. Um, I got to see some Witherspoons, hear some familiar accents. So it's very good to be back. Especially now things are kind of getting back to normal now. We can actually be around each other, do in-studio interviews again. I've been on Zoom for about three years now. Yeah, sure. Oh, it's good to be in person, isn't it? It's the right way to do it. Um, how many cans of tennis special have you had since you got back? I think that's after the show tonight. <laughs> tennis specials, bottle of bucky, jamming. Good man. Well, actually, speaking of shows, you're at the O2 tonight, aren't you? We are. O2 tonight. Oh, what a venue it is. Uh, everyone's buzzing about the show tonight. Myself uh, versus Roman Reigns. He's not been in the UK for a few years now. Yeah. Um, the current incarnation of his character. He's really taken himself to the next level. He's technically our top superstar. Yeah. Till I smash him and take the titles off him. But yes. yeah, we're going to have a big fight tonight. And old Drew McIntyre's got a big announcement tonight. Oh, big announcement. Big announcement. You want to know what it is? It's true. Oh, we are. around at your people. It's not. Seeing if we can make the big announcement. Hold on. Is it a work related announcement? Is, <laughs> it, a, is it a personal thing? <laughs> Let me tell you right now. <laughs> You won't know unless you go to the show tonight. Then oh. I'll tell you there. Oh, oh right, Drew. Okay. Can I? Well, I'm not going to twist your arm because you'd batter me. But can you? <laughs> can you give us a sense of what kind of announcement it is? Uh, I can tell you as much as it's going to get people talking. Okay, oh. very nice. People will be very, very excited about it, especially uh, people in the UK. Right. So oh. if you're at the show tonight, Drew McIntyre on stage. Once you've chucked this lad around like a wet tracksuit on a building site, <laughs> you're going to make an announcement. I am indeed. I Excellent. am indeed. Oh, very good. What's your history, Drew? How did you get into the WWE? Well, it's all I ever wanted to do uh, my entire life. Um, you know, I've got a book that's out, A Chosen Destiny, available everywhere. <laughs> and, um, God, he's good. Very good, isn't uh, he? Yeah. yeah, the story in the beginning, and only know it because my dad's told it so many times throughout my life that I had a family meeting when I was about six after I saw wrestling for the first time and told my mum, my dad, hey, my brother, hey, I'm going to be a wrestler one day in WWE in America and they were like alright cool because yeah. everyone says they're going to play football or they're going to be a wrestler they'll be an astronaut they'll ride a T-Rex professionally one day <laughs> you obviously outgrow it you start thinking more logically and you know, maybe I'll go into the family business or whatever but I never deviated from the plan what I always wanted to do when I was 15 I found a wrestling school told my mum I want to go to it she said, well, it's in Portsmouth. That's a 12-hour trip from here, 24-hour round trip. Mm. Convinced her to let me go. I'm nine years behind, Mum. I went to this since I was six. <laughs> so you're holding me back. So she let me go. Eventually, I started training when I was 15. It was my part-time job uh, to wrestle professionally all through high school, all through university. And I was 21, got my degree from Glasgow Cali in criminology and was signed by WWE the same year. What a year that was. Yeah. Since. Do you know what, Drew? I once had the chance to interview Hulk Hogan, right? And I remember just being quite overwhelmed by how bad his injuries were right I think he even had a little button he'd press under his skin that would yeah, release yeah. some painkiller right because he's falling apart I mean you're still a young man right how are you holding up I feel good I feel great actually I feel very lucky I live in the times we live in right now mm. um, and know what we know about the human body and taking care of it I'm very much about you know going to the gym but not trying to break my personal best every time just maintaining stretching hydrating and doing all the things I need to do to, to stay healthy I mean at the same time it's a very physical um, endeavour yeah. no matter you know, what you think about wrestling in general it's, it's no easy by the way yeah. <laughs> I yeah. broke my neck one time I tore my bicep off the bone one time I've broken oh. multiple bones and yeah. I could go on for days about a lot of the injuries I've had but yeah. I do feel fortunate my, my back feels good yeah. I think that's you know, Hogan's biggest issue is his back is in bits yeah. and also Drew now you're richer than God which is quite helpful isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I not go that far I not go that far <laughs> tell my pals uh, in Scotland <laughs> it's not just fighting though is it you know you're storytellers you're you're, yeah. you're you're creating narrative all the time, aren't you? Does that side of it interest you at all as well? How how, it, how it's all put together? 
Yeah, that's my favourite part of it now. When I was younger, it was all about just going in the ring and doing the cool moves yeah. and whatever. And now it's about the emotional connection we make with the fans because, yeah. yeah, we are storytellers. That's what it's all about. Like any movie, TV show, whatever else, you know, you've got your protagonist, antagonist, yeah. uh, conflict resolution, except all our uh, fights are settled inside the WWE ring. Yeah. And I love, you know, that feeling of when you get the fans truly invested in something. Yeah. And you're looking at the crowd, it's like, I'm trying to make them angry. Oh, they're angry. This is good. <laughs> trying to make them happy. They're all screaming. Oh, this feels good. And especially yeah. when it's a crowd of like, you know, our past WrestleMania, just there, 80,000 people on their feet, Amazing. losing their mind as I run about with a big giant Scottish Claymore and I cut the top rope in half. Yes. And, how do, and, and finding that that true character because people can see through it, can't they? If, yeah. if they don't believe you, they'll see through it and, and, you, and you won't get on. So h- how much work goes into finding that true character? To be, your, to be yourself. characters you know? are generally an extension of your real personality. Yeah. And you've got someone like The Undertaker, he's not running about digging graves or whatever, but, you know, that's more... <laughs> Is he not? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Sorry to break that. No. Oh, so sad about that. Believed but, it. Yeah, most of the guys don't have part-time jobs now. They're just playing themselves. <laughs> great I'm a wrestler, but also I have to do this Undertaker work on the side. Not, they didn't pay as good back in the day. They're good at digging graves, so wouldn't get it done pretty quick. But, uh, but yeah, like the, the characters, you know, that are basically you with the volume turned up are always the most successful, especially these days and it took me 20 years of wrestling before I finally started you know being the real Drew um, on TV I was like the big angry hairy Scottish guy who was talking about eating carcasses and eviscerating the competition and nobody could relate to except the one big hairy guy in Scotland like (laughs) I get him I get this guy guy. that guy you say one (laughs) yeah a few 400,000 I wasn't quite translating to the American (laughs) audience or anyone else across the world but finally I started being myself telling my real story I've had a lot of ups and downs in my life personally professionally I got fired by WWE one time you know and I had to you know come back from some pretty dark places I started telling that story made me more relatable as a big foreign guy the crowd started getting behind me and um, you know, I won a big event called the Royal Rumble uh, mm-hmm. where I eliminated 29 other superstars, including Brock Lesnar, halfway through it, and Roman Reigns at the end with yeah. 40,000 people in Houston, Texas, up in their feet screaming. And I was looking around like, wow, this is so crazy. And I was the bad guy my whole life. I'm just being myself now. Yeah. And they're so behind me. And that led to WrestleMania where I defeated Brock Lesnar for my first WWE title and I became the first British WWE champion yeah. of all time. And it's mad that after all this time, I just had to bloody be myself. Yeah. Light work, Drew, light work. Yeah, there's a thing in comedy which is um, uh, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I suppose yeah. I suppose that's what it is in wrestling, isn't it? Yeah, and that's it. like you know we've got an amazing team. I have like writers, etc., who help format the shows. You can't just go out there and just do whatever you want or be all nonsense yeah. and talking about great year every week. But you know, every time I get, I get handed something, I look at it and it's more of a collaboration. Yeah. I'll say, like, listen, I wouldn't say that. Like, this is what I would say this is what I'm feeling yeah. and they're very open to that like because they want the best product possible they want you to believe it because in the end if you don't believe it the crowd yeah. are never going to believe it yeah. and the eyes like same, same in your world you can look in someone's eyes and you can tell if they're actually into it if they're actually believing it or if they're just reciting what they think they should recite Yeah, Drew you're a big fella you're an imposing guy but Jim White also Glaswegian who was on before <laughs> us and before you came in he said to me ah, you can be a big guy you can be hard but how hard are you when you've got a fish supper smashed in your face yeah, that's is that right? because that's what yeah, he was saying to me when I walked in the door and then he came over and was like, Drew, how, how you doing? doing? Uh, we're going to get a little selfie together. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I just showing him a picture right he now. Me. Well. He said to me, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I don't want to cause any trouble or that. Uh, really? Yeah. I don't think Jim's got moves. I don't think he's got moves. He wasn't saying he's that to my talk. face. To be exactly. fair, I was pretty excited to see him. I was like, oh, there's Jim. That's pretty cool. I used to watch him growing up. Like, I see all these Hollywood types, all the movie stars, whatever. I couldn't give a damn about them. I'm just like, oh, nice to meet you, whatever. As if I'm a fan of them, I'll you know say, admire your work, whatever. You're good at your job. But when I see somebody that I watched growing up or whatever, Jim White, anyway. Drew, he knows my name too. And you both <laughs> yeah. support the wrong football team as well. Eh? Right, football team, mate. <laughs>
I want to ask you, Drew, right, when you were growing up about your idols and your heroes, because when I was a kid, it was all about uh, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, Kendo yeah. Nagasaki, all that mob. That was my era. I used to watch it with my gran, and it was a magical experience on a Saturday afternoon, world of sport. But for you, who would it have been? Uh, for me, I missed another world of sport uh, days, not to make you feel a little older. But it got cancelled <laughs> in 1988, and I was born in 85, so it right. was cancelled by the time. Uh, you know, I started watching the wrestling. So it was uh, Brett the Hitman Hart was my yes. guy when I first started watching. Yeah. Yeah. And my dad would show me the tapes yeah. of the old British wrestling and go, this is the real wrestling right here, son. And I'd put it on, and I'd be like, Dad, this looks like you and your mates <laughs> from the bar in their underpants fighting each other. <laughs> like, I was just, like watching the American wrestlers all big and jacked up, and, yeah. you know, scary looking. And then, but to be honest, I said, but to be fair, like you and your mates in your underpants from the pub, it looks scarier than the big jacked up <laughs> Americans. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brett was always my guy. I was always drawn to him as opposed to like Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, the larger than life figures. Yeah. Brett was always my guy and I could never quite put my finger on it. He kind of looked like a rock star. He never was the most over the top charismatic guy, but his matches were so entertaining and I couldn't, Articulate it why I was so into him till I was a bit older, mm -hmm. and I realized as when you're a kid, you're into your cartoons, your TV shows, and whatever. Like mm -hmm. Brett, through his matches, was so compelling at telling such a great story, even yeah. in a childlike mind. I was able to sit down, be invested in his action in the ring. Yeah. And so I appreciate he's such a good, you know, wrestler. He can speak to anybody through his wrestling maneuvers. Yeah. We talk about these huge spectacles you've been involved in, Drew, you know, Royal Rumble and O2 tonight, and maybe another big announcement you'll have later on. But Saturday night at Wembley, Tyson Fury it was a oh, spectacular yeah. occasion, right? You must. To watch that as well and loved it. I mean, I was watching it on my phone because right, okay. you know, I'm always working and always then the time working, difference. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was in uh, where was I on Saturday? Reading, Pennsylvania, right. and I had yeah. my phone like by my side the whole time. I had an appearance. I was uh, signing for a few hundred people. Then I had to show it after, and the whole time I was on the phone yeah. checking out. And I knew he'd smash him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just had, like, I mean, he's a better boxer, bigger guy. Yeah. He's a cardio machine. Yeah. Showing he can take a hit against uh, Wilder, so he had it unless he really messed up. So I had my eye on it, and then I saw the press conference afterwards. Also, yeah. when he, you know, was well, he said he's over. not boxing again, but you know, do you fancy taking him on? Yeah, I mean, you can't keep my name out of his mouth. I heard him talk <laughs> yeah, about that's true. Car yeah. the big Cardiff show on September 3rd we've got coming up at the Principality. I heard yep. him talk about SummerSlam and then one name he mentioned was old Drew McIntyre and how he'd like to knock me out. Yeah. The guy's obsessed. He's yeah. obsessed with you. You're yeah. living in his head. Yeah, I'm true. apparently living in his head. We've gone back and forth with each other for a couple of years now, Yeah, uh, having digs here and there. And, you know, he's been in our world one time. He was great. He's such an entertainer. He gets it. He's such a character. Um, but, yeah, can't stop talking about Drew McIntyre. keeps... Suggesting a fight, and I keep saying, "Listen, mate, right now my focus is on Roman Reigns becoming WWE champion again." Yep. But you've got our number. Pick up that phone, and you might distract me for a second. Ooh. I've got time to take old Tyson down. So if he's not standing up with those fists, what's going to do in his back? He look yeah. like a turtle swinging around. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there we go. Trash no, back talk. when the lion down, Charlie. <laughs> um, what song would you sing after you triumphed over uh, Tyson Fury? Yeah. Flower of Scotland. Yeah, I mean that seems like an obvious one, but I think I'd just like go full wrestling uh, and sing the American Pie that he does just oh, to be a, yeah, yeah, really rub it in <laughs> afterwards. Put a mirror up back to himself. Take yeah. his yeah. Yeah, undefeated streak and take his song. And, and Drew, quickly before you go, Old Firm Sunday, uh, Rangers v Celtic, massive game, right in the middle of two European legs for your club. Do you think there's enough legs? Do you think they're going to be fit enough and ready enough to, to win over Celtic on, on Sunday? Yes. There we are. Yes, it's the great answer. Yeah, I believe them as well. I'm, but I'm believing him because yeah. I'm not getting involved if yeah. you disagree with him. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the result last night, I'm telling you, they only did it for Audrey McIntyre. They did it for me. They were like, Drew's got to wrestle in Leipzig on Sunday. Yes. He's a good guy. Yeah. Rangers smashed it. <laughs> then they're going to get booed on Sunday. So, so we'll just give them one goal. Drew gets cheered and then we'll destroy them at Ibrooks. It's all part of the plan. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. Because you got nowhere to run. So you got no place to be. Keep pushing on and you'll be free. It's just a dream. Broken at the seams. And though the world keeps spinning round, it's just forgotten you right now. Ah, uh, Charlie. Do you like the that? Yeah, I like it. It's great. Well, if you've never heard this before, Very this good. is Runaway by the Geordie artist Andrew Cushion, a real superstar of the future. Followed his career very closely since he was just a wee whippersnapper kicking around in a Stone Island jacket in Newcastle. I've got near a touch of Noel Gallagher in there, just a touch. Well, you've got a very trained ear because yeah. Noel Gallagher is a producer oh, for I didn't, Andrew Cushion. And you know what? We've managed to get him on the phone. Unbelievable. Oh, because he seems to be just up and down the country making mischief, you know, waking up in strange bedrooms all around the country. Well, that's life um, of a musician. It yeah. certainly is. And he's a superstar. He used to, when he was a kid, I think he used to play for Newcastle. Uh, I think he was a goalkeeper. Okay. Actually. But we'll ask him, will we? Andrew Cushion is joining us, Newcastle super fan and superstar uh, singer songwriter. All right, Andrew? Hey, Andrew. Hello, Paul. How are you? Ah, moral cast man. There he is. He even sounds proper, Jordan. I know. Look at that. Yeah, called you pal and everything. Brilliant. Andrew, we just played a bit of <laughs> Runaway there. That's your new song, isn't it? It is, mate. It is. It's part of the new EP. It's um, it's been received very well, which is good. Which is good. Ah, good. It's, it's, good got, to hear. it's got radio. It sounds like it should be on the radio. It's one of those things, isn't it? I can see that getting on some playlists. Andrew, I hope you don't mind me telling this story, right? Oh, but okay. I once brought What's you down. It about? Th- uh, well, no, he, he once came down, right? And he, he was just a really young lad and he had a folder full of lyrics. And I sat him down to play some music in front of me and uh, Johnny Vaughan, right? And Andrew, I couldn't believe the confidence. He just sat there, no bother at all. Do you remember that, Andrew, when you did that? Of course I do, mate. I remember I turned up with four cans of San Miguel as well. Because <laughs> then we bumped into, we bumped into Sam Fender outside, didn't we? And it was like the first time I'd ever met Sam. So I think I was um, I was a little bit excited, to be fair. And then obviously exactly. the few cans and then sitting singing away to you boys it was a good day that actually it was a good day do you know what Andrew when you look at Sam Fender and you see what he's done coming from the North East he's such a proud Geordie boy isn't he a North Shields lad do you think that's what I want to do I want to follow in his footsteps well he's done amazing it's like I think everybody it's not even the fact that it's a North East thing now he's, he's, he's now became you know someone who's admired in the whole of sort of British music so uh, of course it would be a dream to to be able to do something that Sam's done, but um, well, I'm, I'm perfectly happy where I am at the minute. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going up and down the country. I'm gigging. I'm enjoying myself. I'm making enough money to get by. And as you've said, waking up in a couple of strange bedrooms. So long may all that continue. Uh, but Sam is doing remarkably well. He's um, he's 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 certainly in in an idol of mine. Yeah, I've got to be, uh, as he is for a lot of people now. Andrew, I've got to be careful how I work this. But you once woke up in my bedroom. I wasn't there. Right, uh, <laughs> when I was away, I let Andrew. You stayed in my flat, didn't you? When you were recording with the man that uh, Charlie mentioned, Noel Gallagher. That's right, mate. That's right. I, I think I was trying on all of your uh, jackets in the room. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> you're a bit too big for them, mate. Um, but yeah, because just cast your mind back to that as well, because you, I think you recorded an EP with Noel um, in his studio. What was that experience like? It was amazing, mate. It was, um, I, I was going into the studio as a naive young lad. You know, I'd been in one studio prior to that. Um, you know, I'd never really played guitar properly. And just going in with somebody with, with the confidence and the stature of Noel, 
you know, I learned so much. Uh, obviously, the song sounded great, but it was just such an amazing experience. It was something that I remember for the rest of my life, and it's something that I was able to do at such a young age, and it's and it's really it's really shaped me now to the way I approach writing songs, and uh, especially when I'm in the studio. So it's it was definitely something that uh, paved the way for my career, hundred percent. He said a brilliant thing to me about it actually about you. He said you don't need autotune when you've got a voice as good as Andrew oh, Cushion's. Nice. He said it just came out perfectly the first time you sang that song to him, and uh, I remember when he put on a guitar solo in that song where's my family gone right is that the one and it was special there, andrew isn't it when you what was it like when he added that little extra dimension by playing a solo on one of your songs well he turned around to us in the studio and he says uh because if at first the song never had like an instrumental break and he said how would you feel about putting a little break in it and maybe it's a guitar solo and i was kind of thinking that'll be amazing but i hope you didn't want me to play the guitar solo <laughs> and, um, and then the next thing he pulls out this jag given to him by uh johnny moore and he's plugging all these pedals in and um and he just starts soloing and and, and sort of riffing and, and me I was just stood there in total awe, you know. It was it was it was just one of the best moments of my life. It was it was just it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um I mean I still I still listen to that song now, even you know, two years down the line, and I'll be sat in a bar with my pals and the song will come on or whatever, someone will put it on the jukebox and I'll still sit there and interrupt everybody and go, This is no, this is no doing this <laughs> yeah. thing now. This is Amazing. It's still it's still one of them proud moments. Break, breaking into the music industry uh, has, has gone backwards, really, I think, in, in modern times, isn't it? Because there's such a reliance now to actually make money that you have to be able to play live, you have to be able to do the gigs to sell the tickets and not so much sell the records anymore. It's really reliant on, 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 on live performance. So I'm assuming you're up and down the country in, in vans and on uh, all over the place and, and festivals all summer. Is that how it works out, Andrew? Aye, aye, we're, um, so we're away to Hull the day, um, splendid places, Hull, and then we're in, uh, back, back to home tomorrow, back, back to the tomb, we've got a gig there, and then next week I think we'll go to Paris, um, we're just up and down the country all the time, but it's amazing, mate, I'm, I'm, I really can't complain, you know, it's, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I've made music my job, in uh, so as you say, the only way that you can make money in this game now is by doing the live shows, yeah. so... I'll play here, there, and everywhere if I can. It's um, it's it's yeah. it's just an amazing experience. Loving it. And Andrew, I've got to say thank you very much because last time I was on Talksport, I was covering Drive, and it was the I think it was the week where Newcastle were finally taken over, and all the money poured in, <laughs> into the northeast. And you were very helpful with signing targets and a little bit of Newcastle background. But Newcastle playing tomorrow, they're on Talksport. The last three months have been brilliant for you as a Newcastle fan, haven't they? It made it's. Do you know what? I, I was I was speaking to somebody about this last night. It's like. Obviously, since we got taken over, obviously it's amazing for the club and we're going to have loads of money, richest team in the world and all that kind of stuff. But the new owners, they've united the city. Do you know what I mean? There's not a buzz just around Newcastle fans anymore. There's a buzz around the full city. Even people that aren't into football, you know, as soon as the club starts doing well, it's just everybody's just a bit happier, man. Obviously, we've got... We've got Liverpool tomorrow, who obviously they need to win because they, they need to keep the air pressure on uh, sort of man, man uh, city and all that kind of stuff. And... Um, and, and we want to keep the uh, winning streak going. So I think we're six games in a row, which we haven't done at home since Bobby Robson. Yeah. Um, so if we win tomorrow, it'll be seven. So we'll be making history tomorrow. Oh. Uh, I'm very confident. I think it's going to be a tough place for uh, Liverpool to come. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can pick up another three points. Amazing stuff. Newcastle v Liverpool. It's live on TalkSport tomorrow at 12.30. It's part of game day. Mm. And Andrew, before you leave us, I think you're playing St James's Park soon, am I right? I am, mate. That is just going to be you know, the 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 pinnacle of everything I've done in my life. It's going to be amazing. Obviously, when I was a kid, I dreamt of uh, walking out 
on uh, St. James as a goalkeeper and all that kind of stuff. But to walk out and play the guitar, even if it's for 15, 20 minutes at half time, it's going to be an absolute dream. So I think that's in uh, the start of July. That's the magic weekend for the rugby. Um, it's going to be amazing, mate. It's going to be ah, absolutely brilliant. amazing. Andrew, man, it's so good to have you on. And listen, remember the name, everybody. Andrew Cushion, Jordy superstar in the making. He's gone right to the top of the charts and he deserves to be there because he has grafted his backside off. Nice one, Andrew. Thank you very Cheers, much, Andrew. pal. It's good to speak to you, Gordon. Ah, happy days, mate. There he is, Andrew Cushion. Yeah. And he's playing... Oh, God, you left the four cans of San Miguel out of the story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I did. That was a shame, wasn't it? You think you just take that as a prerequisite with any more stories, don't you? don't need to say it. don't need to say it. I was going through a Spanish phase there. <laughs> you can go and see Andrew's playing all over the country, but I'd recommend looking up the October dates. Leeds, Manchester, London, Brighton, Southampton. He's everywhere. Go and look him up. Andrew Cushion, Geordi superstar in the making. And don't forget, Newcastle Liverpool live on Talk Sport tomorrow at 12.30. It's part of game day. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Simon, the Arsenal fans been on. This is about uh, goals that never were after Jared Bowen's overhead kick last night that will people will dream of for the rest of their lives, but it didn't go in, so it's not a goal. It doesn't give you that end. You know, back in the day when I was a tough tackling midfielder, this is Simon, the Arsenal fan. I don't think I've ever actually scored a goal in open play. In the 45th minute, the ball rolls out to me about 35 yards from goal and I hit the sweetest shot of my career. The ball goes top right-hand corner, postage stamp, and the referee blows the whistle. While celebrating... I was then told that the whistle I'd heard was for half-time and the goal didn't stand because the ball hadn't hit the back of the net when he blew. I've never gotten over it. Oh, that's painful, isn't I it? I think refs like that yeah. need to have a little word with themselves. Well, we're speaking to a referee not in, in a little while, so we should maybe bring that up. Yeah. Uh, we've had this one a few times. It's good. Graham uh, sent the text message. He says, afternoon, both great goal that never was. Manchester United versus Spurs. Mendes' effort from halfway. Do you remember that? Blundered oh, yeah. over the line by Roy Carroll marginally over the line not given not given cracking call from the linesman but that was I remember him yeah. scooping he was back having a yeah, wasn't yeah. Carol in that game but a great that's a great example Graham thank you yeah, this is a, this is now this is a good uh, angle on it very very good uh, got to be when Nani took the goal from Ronaldo after he sk- Ronaldo sk- skinned a few defenders chipped the keeper and then Nani just stole the goal with his shoulder just on the line just tapping it yep. in and yep. claiming it oh and listen, just to complete the bingo uh, of a Scottish presenter from oh, okay, Edinburgh, yeah. yeah. Hibs v Hearts in the delayed 2020 Scottish Cup semi-final. Hibs striker Christian Dodge, Wales fans will be familiar with him, hit the bar with a spectacular overhead kick in the last minute, almost identical to Jared Bowen. Some lovely artistic license there. Uh, we lost 2-1, and I still think, what if on a daily basis? And that's from Hammy the Hibby. Thanks to Gordon for keeping Hibs on national radio. You're very welcome, Hamza. Well, there we are. We're also on Twitter at Baker Sweet at Gordon Smart and on Instagram. If you want to see some pictures of some of our interviews this afternoon, mm-hmm. um, at Charlie Baker Comedian and at Gordon Smart yes. on Instagram. Uh, and this is from Ryan Drew. After our interview with uh, uh, Drew Drew McIntyre, uh, Drew is such an inspiration for British people looking to get into the WWE. Hopefully, we get to see him lift the WWE uh, title again soon, so we can celebrate our British hero. Love you, Drew. Go get it. Which is good, uh, it? good news. There we are. Lovely I, stuff. I should have declared a little interest there, Charlie, because a few years ago I had a small interest, a small share in a film called Walk Like the Panther. Oh, it was good. I saw Did it. Did you see it? Yeah, it was very and good. Charlie, yeah. I'd have known you better back then. We could, you'd have been a brilliant cast. Good in that, wouldn't I? Very good in that, wouldn't I have yeah. been? Stephen Graham was in it. Oh, Steve yeah, Forrest, too. I liked you know, it. Very well. it, was a, it was a good, uh, it was yeah. a good good film but that was based on that nostalgia of Rollerball Rock film producer as well maybe we'll have to do a sequel and get Charlie yeah, Baker in there looks good in like who would you rather be a wrestler or would you rather be like the guy in the sort of velvet jacket with the cigar and the promoter who, like Eric Hall who, who, who gets paid the most 
me. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. The people behind the scenes, Charlie, as there always. Tell you what, Drew McIntyre, by the way, I think it's, it's fair to say this. Charlotte Fisher on news was rather flustered. She, she, she couldn't remember her lines because she, she learns the news. Yeah. She, when she comes in, she's, she's she not is. reading it. She learns yes. it. She's very professional, Charlotte. She, I, I couldn't believe her reaction. There we are. But let me say, he's a big guy. People like big guys. Think when he, you know, when he was saying, I wanted to ask him, you know when he was saying he was six years old and he wanted yeah. to be a wrestler? Do you think he was like one of these guys <laughs> six foot with a beard at, <laughs> yeah. at, yes. nine, at nine years old? Yeah, it was the spirit in being Scottish turning up at football at under nines and <laughs> Drew was playing. You know? yeah, yeah. Tell you what, well, there's one person in here. Passport. More. Check his passport. <laughs> there's one person more flustered than Charlotte Fisher. Steve Forbes and Sport. You should have seen him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oof, couldn't exactly. believe it. Couldn't, couldn't believe, believe it. it. Could this are. is TalkSport. Gordon Smart and Charlie Baker in for H&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And the last show of this week. Oh, Charlie. Oh, oh so it's sad. It's been, been lovely. Loved your company, Charlie. Yeah. It's been good. Oh, thank you, Gordon. Can I move it's in with you? Nice. Is that all right? No. Oh, right, okay. On next, uh, <laughs> H&J. <laughs> and we're going to talk about referees, which feels quite poignant, really, because we've been asking you this afternoon about the greatest goals that never were and some... Brilliant goals have been cruelly chopped off, haven't they, by, uh, by oh, referees? Yeah. <laughs> so, feel free, right? Feel free to just get this next guest in the mood by booing at your referee. <laughs> you can start singing that very rude song. Yeah. Uh, but Charlie, Asking I, about glasses, that sort of thing. You know. Make the spec safer <laughs> yeah. joke now. <laughs> but Charlie and I, we're, we're professionals, we're gentlemen, so we're yeah. going to give a, a polite round I of applause for our next ref. guest, referee Mark Halsey. Welcome, Premier, former Premier League referee Mark Halsey. Hello, Mark. Hey, Mark. Good afternoon, guys. I've already got the red card on my phone here, Sharon. It's you. Oh, oh no. turning around, taking your name. Yeah, I'd already walked <laughs> off. I'm one of those players. Don't, don't wait for it. I'm just off. I'm in the dressing room. Mark, thanks for coming on. Um, no first, first question, right? And I hope you've got an answer for us here because we're talking about the greatest goals that never were. Yeah, Is there after. one that you cruelly oh. chopped off and ruined somebody's life? Oh, oh the, the um, Frank Lampard's against Germany. Yeah, you weren't ref in that game, were you? <laughs> that would have been a goal if I was refereeing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, Mark. What is the rule? What is the rule, Mark? If you're seeing it going in the top corner and you know it times up and you've got to blow your whistle or the bloke's about to shoot or woman's about to shoot, what, what is the rule? Common sense. Uh, Common sense. Yeah. You let, the go, you let the shot, you let the shot go in, you go in, you get back to the... Halfway line, you blow the whistle, restart the play, and about 10, 15 seconds later, you blow up. Yeah. So, Mark, end of the game. Can I ask Mark why you never applied that common sense to your career? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, the top level rep. Because it, it, it never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to read this little line to you here. It says Premier League referee Martin Atkinson and John Moss will both retire at the end of the season and they'll have a role at the PGMOL. But Mike Dean not offered the job by refs chief Mike Riley. What can we read into that? Uh, that Mike's not a Mike's not a yes man, right? Um, you know, Mike Mike has a vast of experience, and you got to, what you got to remember is that Mike Atkinson and John Moss are very good friends of Mike Ryan. They all live in Leeds, um, but listen, that's not going to say they they're not going to do a good job. But you know, if you look at Mike Dean, love or love him or hate him, he's been an excellent referee over the years, um, vast experience referee, and. We're not sure what's gone on. We're not sure whether Mike's um, turned down the job or he's going to work with VAR. I wouldn't have thought Mike would go and work in the VAR, um, the bunker. Mm. Um, Mike's, Mike's his own man, loves football. He's got a passion for football and passion for Tranmere Rovers. And that's what that's what you want, someone that's got a bit of passion. But um, yes, 
I am surprised. I understand that John Moss is going to be the select Group 1 manager. I'm surprised that it's not the other way around because obviously Martin Axon is vastly experienced, a very well, excellent referee. And for me, John Moss was what, a below-average referee. Um, and you've got Sir John Moss um, in charge of the select one group referees. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, am, I am a bit surprised with that because uh, for me, you don't have, um, you know, you, you, you're refereeing, you come to the end of your, your career at the end of the season and all of a sudden you jump straight into the select group one manager's job. So the guys he was mucking about with and having a laugh with, if he did have a laugh with some of the guys, you're now managing. And for me, I'd, I'd like to see, because it needs a complete overhaul. Um, the coaching, the management system of the PGML needs it. And that's a complete overhaul from what we've been seeing in the last few years. And for me, I, I think it should have been someone from outside um, that was brought in to um, take those roles up. Um, that, that was never going to happen because obviously, as I say, they're, they're quite, they're, they're very good friends, all three of them. So, but listen, we don't, you know, we have to wait and see, give them, they've been given a chance. We have to see if they deliver. What would that overhaul entail? Mark, would you, would well, you stop top to bottom changes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like a manager coming and taking over a football team. Um, you come in and you and you you wipe, you, you wipe the slate clean because you, you know the frustrations of everybody in football and a lot in fans, managers, players. There's been so many inconsistencies, and and with VAR, VAR, we see we're still seeing so many inconsistencies, yeah. and 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 it's not right. It, it does need a, a complete and utter overhaul, Marcus. absolutely from from management right the way down to, and it's the coaches as well. I mean, we've we've got I mean coaches good. Coaches turn average players into good players, uh, average players into good players, good players into excellent players. Yeah. That's no different with referee coaches and, and management. And unfortunately, we haven't got that at, at the moment. Yeah, that's the, that's the question I was going to ask you, Mark. You know, where do you think British football at the moment stands in relation to European and world football? Because I, actually, this might be an unpopular view, but I think the standard of officiating has been pretty impressive recently in European football. I think I think it's been it's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, you look at the the the, the semi-finals of the um, Champions League this yep. this week. They've been absolutely fantastically refereed, and that's because of the leadership and direction from Roberto Rossetti. Mm. That's the difference: the leadership and the direction, and the man management of 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 those referees. It's like it's like managing a dressing room. You've got to be able to manage. And, and put your arm around the referee when he's having a bad time or giving a little bit of loving. Now, I've worked under this present management and they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to manage. Yeah. Mark, well, my, my point to you then, you've been, I find this quite inspirational. You're talking with passion. Do you not fancy a gig like that? Um, there's no chance of me getting a gig like that with the present management in control. Right. No, that's quite a sting of critique, you know. <laughs> no, but but no, yeah. is that not more of an incentive then to get involved and change things, Mark? Listen, well, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. I mean, you know, they know, they know my phone number. Um, yep. And I sell the jobs advertised and there was no point in me going for them because it was already decided who would have them jobs. Whoever went for those jobs, it was already decided that they were the two that were doing those roles. <sighs> I've reffed a few times on a Sunday morning, and uh, it's. I, I don't. I don't hate it. I. I do quite like. No. Quite like doing it. Um. I don't. I think one of the things that is prohibitive is it does cost about 150 quid to to get your badges, which I think I think football could find a way for that to be mm-hmm. uh, a lot a lot easier. And then I think that would open the pool up of people who want to do it a lot to, to yep. a lot to a lot I more agree. people. Um, and. Uh, I, it's 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 very a very difficult job, and you see 
sometimes 14, 15 year old kids refing games and and and, and adults having a go at them, you know. But, but that's yeah, not what I, I'm talking about. But I just think no. it, there's a, the cost is prohibitive a lot of the time to get into the training, and it needs to be more attractive in some way. I don't know how. It, it, it does, and I think yeah, I think that's a lot of money to to you know for for a young person to take up the referee course. We need to look at that, and also we do need to look at our young referees and the way they are looked after when they go to games. You know, it, it, that needs an overhaul as well. Where I think that the, the club responsible for that young referee, they need to put a mentor on him. So the moment he, ro- he arrives at the ground, mm. to the moment he leaves, and he and, and that man is responsible for that referee. If there's any abuse coming from anyone, then they should be asked to leave the leave the facility yeah. and, and, and face disciplinary measures from, from the club. Yeah, I think it also starts at home, doesn't it? Because my son's 12 years old now and I'm all, we've just started playing with referees and you can already see the dissent from the kids and stuff and it, it bothers me because that has to start at grassroots football as well, doesn't it? And it's something that's completely different in rugby, isn't it? You know, if you if you say something to the referee that's inappropriate, there's going to be a 10-yard... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, do you think something like that could change as a rule? Well, we we had we had that in place some years ago, and um, we we, you know, we we wanted to do we we, we wanted to do the ten yard rule when you know any descent move it move it forward 10, 10 yards, mm. but we had to show a yellow card for descent, mm. and then we you know, us as referees didn't like doing it either because every time you know if we done that we had to show a, car, a yellow card for descent, and for me I think that they should make a a, a new law saying. In any descent, you don't have to show a yellow card. Just move the ball ten yards. Then that would, that would, that would cut yeah. it out without without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. So, Mark, we've got Martin Atkinson and John Moss heading off into retirement. You're there, right? What's it like? What what can they look forward to in oh, retirement? Yeah. And, and the other question I have for you is: What, is it, what do people say to you when they recognise you from the telly? <laughs> well, <laughs> I still still get recognised. But I mean, all over the place. Um, listen, I, I think that obviously they're they're coming straight out of the. Um, they, 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 they miss the, the three o'clock or the, or the, the eight o'clock kickoffs. You know when you, you miss you miss that buzz walking yeah. out onto the field of play. You'll miss that rapport. I mean, I had I had great banter with all the players. Whatever game I refereed, I had great banter, and that's the main thing about about engaging with the players. That that that's everything about refereeing a football match. Whether you're refereeing parks football, non-league football, professional football, it's all about that. You know, gaining that respect from the players, and that getting that respect from the players ain't about just walking out onto the field of play. It's how you, you know, you're you're, you're correct of your decision making, your accuracy of your decision making, the way you talk to players, the way you, you know, you, you your awareness of what's going on in the game or all, all game. You cannot switch off mentally, and if you switch off, something will happen, and you'll miss that. So, so and, and that's how you get the respect of the of the players. Excellent and stuff. They, they they will miss that. They will miss that buzz. They will miss that buzz of ringing that bell, walking out the tunnel, walking out the. Cr- to the yep. crowd being booed yeah. <laughs> they missed all that but uh, but yeah they, they, they would definitely miss that I mean you know Martin and Dean have been excellent referees um, over, over the years there's no doubt about that excellent stuff Mark Housley thank you but so much guys, for your time. guys, guys, oh, yeah. guys before, I, before I go can I just wish my brother and his team his manager of Ware FC they got their playoff uh, final on Monday at uh, Wisdom Park in Ware against uh, um, Northley in the uh Southern League Central so all yes. the best to, to wear FC and, and Paul and his, and his team No actually I'm going to say no Mark I'm refereeing this game right now right? <laughs> you, you, You'll speak when I let you speak It's not Popmaster Mark What do you think this is Mark? <laughs> Mark Halsey thank you so much for coming on that's a yellow card <laughs> yeah, Take care lads all the best You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.